TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. We are continuing our conversation about Victory Therapy Center. I just got done speaking with their executive director, Stephanie Meltshirt. We now turn to their volunteer director, Christine Terry. How are you today? I am phenomenal. Phenomenal? Yes. All right. You guys are a really fun organization. This is great. Uh, I like having you in. I I learned a lot about equine therapy and what this organization does and who it serves which is everyone i want to talk to you first about how you found this organization when did you first start coming to victory therapy center i have been with victory for two years and i came to victory because my husband was in afghanistan and i was a sedentary you know stay-at-home mom and wanted something to do with my time so my daughter who's a senior um was telling me that her friend volunteered at a place with horses, and I have had zero horse experience, like goose egg. And went up there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. And horses are amazing. And I fell in love with my riders first and foremost, and then definitely with the herd. They're um, amazing animals. And uh, was there for a year and a half volunteering only, like all the days of the week if necessary. And uh, our volunteer director, who'd been there for 14 years at 74, retired. And so I applied for her position, and now I'm the volunteer director. You said your husband was in Afghanistan. Who did he serve with? He is a Department of Defense contractor. Interesting. All right. What did he do over there? He is a logistician and was the head of uh, the Afghan Transportation Network. Serious stuff. Yes. Very right. serious. In Kabul, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. A lot of people... Uh... Underestimate that. It's maybe the most dangerous thing that guys do over there uh, when you're driving around because of IEDs and stuff like that. Now, did you find this organization because you just heard about uh, a cool organization that worked with horses and also was connected to the veterans community? Or was he taking part in services from there? No, but he has since then. He has since then. Yes, and he was in Iraq for another year and a half, and he's now home, thank goodness. Um, but recently took part in our veterans program with Horses for Heroes. And he, when he started, is absolutely terrified of horses because it's a big animal. 16, 1700 pounds are our larger horses for veterans. And he finished class by riding. So he actually rode his horse. So it's a healing happens there. And you can see it with the naked eye. What was your draw to working with horses? You said you had absolutely no experience with them. Were you always the kind of person that was fascinated by horses? I just wasn't really exposed to horses, I guess. My family, we just never had horses around. We kind of live in the suburbs a little bit. Um, And it's just something I wasn't familiar with. And they're like, I mean, like sometimes giant dogs. Um, They're just, they're so personable and... For me, I have learned about myself that I am an empath, so I'm incredibly empathetic and am able to put myself in someone else's shoes. I can feel pain and sadness physically 
when people have it, including the horses. I can tell when the horses, you know, are not quite up to snuff, and which is very important. Their soundness is very important for their riders. How long did it take you to start learning things about yourself when you first started going to Victory? Not very long. And I have a completely different temperament than I did when I went there. Of course, I wanted to help people, but I work with amazing people, including, you know, the staff that we have there. And I draw from each person that I work with who all have different uh, behaviors and just kind and generous and loving and just kind of absorb what they have. And now I am that person. So I want to be a role model to others like my coworkers are for me. Did you foresee a personal change? Did yeah, you yes. did you kind of suspect that you were going to be a different person when you first started in this journey or was that something that that happened that you did not expect? It just kind of naturally happened. Um of course, you know, everyone thinks they're a good person and I really do try to truly do unto others. Um and that's something that I learned from my husband, you know, traveling overseas with him. Uh, he's kind to everyone, the cab drivers, and you can see like how they light up when, how are you doing? Where are you from? You got kids? So I've seen that in action and put it into action myself and didn't anticipate a change when I went there. Um, but I most certainly have changed my demeanor and it, it's rubbed off on my teen daughter as well. You said that you're, you've learned that you are a very empathetic person. Do you think that is why you have excelled with this organization, because that's a skill that is going to be uniquely perfect for an organization like this. Yes, I do. And I'm also able to most definitely put myself in the shoes of any volunteer because I have been in their shoes. Um, so I am absolutely their advocate because I want them to be treated as, you know, as well as possible, which they absolutely are. We're a giant family. Um, and encourage people to come because once you're there, you really don't want to leave. It's very calming, relaxing. Even when I'm not working, uh, not now, but prior when I was a volunteer, when I was not working and I had this sorrow, I would have a sad day because I missed my husband or whatever. I just go up to the barn and groom a horse and be, you know, they, you can talk to them and they listen to everything and they can feel your emotion as well. And, it's nice to get like a, a hug or some love or a kiss from a horse, uh, which I had no idea. But now they're absolutely a part of my life, and each one of them have a different personality, and I love them all. Is this something that you have to be around now? Yeah, I believe so, yes. I think that my career will uh, absolutely take me into equine therapy regardless of what part of the country that I live in. So, and, and I want to talk about that. You're the volunteer director for Victory Therapy Center, but with the way that you talk about this and the personality that you have and all these things, it seems like maybe you're destined for something else within this field. Do you have aspirations or the ideas maybe to be on the therapeutic or counseling side with the horses, or do you like, where are you going to stick with where you're at working with the volunteers? Because it seems like you kind of get to do just about everything. I do, and that's a great question. Um, I have a degree in marketing with a minor in psychology, so that comes into play. I there have 15 years in the corporate world in banking, um, so I've been exposed to all different kinds of people. I've traveled the world with my husband. Um, I actually have taken the instructor and training class. We have an IT class that occurs annually-ish, and I have learned... Uh, I know as much as an instructor knows book-wise. Well, they have 
life experiences as well that I don't have. But I'm unable to be an instructor because I am unable to teach a class on horseback. I'm still learning how to ride a horse. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I share all of that knowledge that I've gained, which makes me valuable as a volunteer director because I have that knowledge and I'm able to impart my knowledge on other people and people like, you know, why do you do your job or, you know, why do you love it so much? It's because I get to share what I love with everybody else. The more exposure we have in the community, you know, it's better. I go to schools for career day. We've taken our little mini horses to a haunted house. Um, Any exposure that I can have. When someone says Victory Therapy Center, I want them to say, oh, it's the place in Roanoke. Right now, there's not that name recognition as far as equine therapy goes in our area, but it absolutely should be because anyone that comes there, volunteer or rider, it's life-changing. It's one of the things I noticed when I was cruising your website, which once again is victorytherapy.org. Your executive director has a mountain of experience in marketing, and you have a lot of experience in marketing. Yes. It, it it was interesting to me that the people are kind of running this organization. They're not only on this therapeutic side and understanding, they're also into the marketing of an organization like this, which actually is something that gets overlooked a lot of times for charities and nonprofits because they want to focus on helping other people and the volunteers and they don't they don't you know want to deal with the business of what this is which is a business it is and so you guys have that and I, I think you're going to be able to blow this organization up popularity wise because of your background with all that stuff so it's it's very much a part of your experience with the organization that you want to make this as popular as possible absolutely i want to share the love with everybody despite a massive waiting list i mean you guys are doing all right so far and i can tell you the reason why we have a waiting list is because we don't have enough volunteers to serve our riders so volunteers are responsible for what is called sidewalking and it we're able to focus on the rider to keep them on the horse um whether they're trotting or walking or playing games or whatever um, so many riders need at least a person on each side, two sidewalkers. Um, we have several riders that need eight, 10 sidewalkers because they're so heavy, um, that they require very special holds, one being a quadriplegic. Um, so we can only go halfway around the arena and then you have to switch volunteers. So that particular rider needs 10 Perfect segue into figuring out exactly what you do as volunteer director. I saw on the website that you have 250-plus volunteers, and the figure I read was that they delivered 18,000 hours of volunteering. Okay, you guys shut me down immediately and said, no, it's 31,000 hours. And then I joked about how I'm not even sure how many hours are in a year, but that's got to be getting close. So with all these people and all these hours that they donate to Victory Therapy Center, mm-hmm. you're telling me that it's not nearly enough. That's correct. Because so we how... have such a, in the therapy circles, perhaps hippotherapy has been around for a while. But within our geographical area, it's there's not that exposure for equine therapy. So we're still gaining riders all the time and it's a you know share with your friends so other parents here that you know we're able to help children with a plethora of all these different disabilities and so they want to come on board as well we have an intake process where we evaluate their goals um, and are able to place them in holes for lack of a better word in our schedule but prior to them writing i still have to have enough volunteers 
for the riders to ride. So even though there's this mass expansion in the summer of students, uh, high school, college kids, uh, in the fall, they disappear Mm. um, in fall and winter. So we have a lot of stay-at-home moms. We have a lot of retirees, um, people that are interested in the industry, um, volunteers that come with zero experience like I did. And I think that maybe it's an inspiration to people that, you know, look how much you can learn in the course of two years from having, you know, tabula rasa. So um, we always, always need volunteers, more volunteers. How many would you like? What would be a good number of volunteers where you say, all right, we're good? Well, I think it's like there's, you know, you can never have too many vacations. You can never have too much money in your bank account. And I can never have too many volunteers. Volunteering is, you know, giving of your free time. So for men that we have that come, or women for that matter, they could be playing golf. They could be playing a round of golf, but they choose to spend their time with with us and with the riders. And once you're there and you find your fit, because every day is is, is very different um, experience there, you just find the day that you fit in, and then it's it, it's encompassing for your soul and your heart, and you want to help others, and you look forward to coming you know, to help these riders, and the riders most definitely look forward to seeing their volunteers. Christine Terry is the volunteer director for Victory Therapy Center. Their website, victorytherapy.org, or you can give them a call at 682-831-1323. How many people were like you, zero horse experience when they show up? Because we're in Texas, you know, especially in the veterans community, I would imagine back in the day you're going to have a lot more guys that were coming from the farm mm-hmm. as opposed to the city. Mm-hmm. So this would seemingly be an organization full of people that just have so much horse experience, but that might not be the case. So what are, what is the demographic of people that are that are absolutely brand new to this versus experienced? It's a little bit less than half. I wouldn't say half. That's too generous. Um, but about a less than half, I think. But there are volunteers that are are already serving have a very strong desire to teach other people. Um, two of our loveliest, most dedicated volunteers came to us with zero horse experience, but have a, a love and a willingness to serve. And they're there literally anytime I call them, they'll come over. And they've progressed from nothingness to uh, they've done sidewalking. Now they're leading the horses, which takes additional training. Um, and teaching other volunteers. So everybody wants to take somebody under their wing and teach them. So they're, the learning curve for people that have experience is shorter. Um, you know, horse experience is awesome to bring it with you, but we are a Path Premier accredited facility, so we fall under a lot of guidelines for those volunteers, so we have to do things the victory way. So it's a short learning curve for people that have a lot of experience. And for me, the only way I know is the victory way. So for me, if I, you know, whenever life progresses and if I were to be at another facility, um, I still only know the victory way. So do you guys serve as a training ground for other people that want to be in equine therapy? Maybe they come train and learn the victory way and then go off to a ranch in Arizona, whatever, to do therapy out there. Yes. Yes. And when we have and we're also involved with CHA, um, which brings in um, instructor and training clinics. So they come from all over the world. We've had someone come from Alaska and Oregon and, you know, all over the United States 
to train at our facility because we have a state-of-the-art facility there. We have a beautiful indoor arena, and they're able to train and take that knowledge back to their facility. Within this world is Victory Therapy Center a premier organization? Are you guys known throughout the equine therapy world? I don't know. Usually people are modest when I ask questions like that, but it, you genuinely don't know. Yeah, you see the blanks. <laughs> I love it. That's great. An honest answer is always I the would, best answer. I would like to say yes, um, but I don't, we're I don't in see how this, I don't see how this organization can be as below the radar as it is for much longer. I, with I agree. The, the structure and the passion that you guys have and what you're doing and the amount of people that you can serve, I feel that this is going to be a very popular organization relatively soon. Do you get that feeling? Absolutely, yes. All right. Yes, so we are. We're, you know, neck and neck, even though we're not in com- competition with any other facility. But for the most uh, established and uh, longstanding equine therapy facility in the DFW Metroplex, we are an equal. You guys do sound a little competitive about it. I mean, you really, you're like, you're not. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Exactly. And, you, and you're not being rude or anything. But I respect You guys are them. like, we're the, like. We're good at what we do. We're we the best, good. and and I like I like that feeling. You need to have that confidence when you're doing the kind of stuff that you are are doing. You don't want to have somebody come in here and be like, I don't know, you know, we're all right. Like you want to, yeah, like, we're doing this. We are um, a remarkable facility, but we also all carry our humbleness uh, as well. Let's talk about where you're at with your horsemanship. You said that you're not actually at a place, so you're not riding or you're not able to do it in a therapeutic sense. Where are you at? Well, with instructors, for example, if you'd like to teach a level two class, you have to be certified at level three. I am unable to, I'm learning to trot, so that's necessary. And I have also have to be able to canter. Mm. Um, which is a more advanced move. You know, it takes more core stability. And, you know, the uh, one of our instructors let me know that the saddle does not keep you on the horse. You keep you on the horse. So when I'm trotting, I'm trotting in a bareback pad with no stirrups. So I have really? to hold on with my inner thighs because that's the way that we teach our riders as well. So I have all of this knowledge from sidewalking with all these riders. So I'm able to uh, convert it to on horseback but it still requires, you know, a lot of skill. And I don't come from the equine world, so I'm a little slower on the uptake than others. So are you able to just get on a horse and go ride, or no. is that detrimental to what you're actually trying to learn? Because it would be, if you're going to learn a certain swimming stroke, and then you just get in and you're just messing around, doggy paddling, and it's like, no, 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 you need to learn how to backstroke. Is that kind of where you're at, where you are only focusing on trotting and, and certain types of movements with the horse and just riding is not actually helpful? Riding is helpful every single time because, you know, horses speak horse and I'm learning to speak horse. So I can tell them how to do it on the ground wonderfully. But once I'm on horseback, you know, trotting is imperative if you're on a, you know, a trail ride or cantering if you're going to do any kind of jumping. But I also, you know, beyond learning it, you have to be able to teach it as well. So how um, often are you humbled by these horses? Do you daily? Get, do you literally daily? Really? Yeah. So you've, I you cry start, a lot. You start feeling good. <laughs> I mean, you're really on the same kind of journey that a lot of the other people are, it seems, that are at the center. I mean, you don't have any of the maybe similar reasons why people are there, but you're learning this stuff exactly the same way they are, to my understanding. Yes, that's correct. 
does that help you to understand where people are coming from? Does it help you to understand the clients more, or do you just feel part of the group? I could see benefits to both of those things. Yes, it definitely helps me to um, empathize with you know other writers um, because it's it's not easy. So I am absolutely in awe of our independent writers. Our goal for all of our writers is independence. So they're constantly moving towards independence where they're not in a halter. Maybe they're in a bridle. A bridle takes quieter hands. So, for example, a rider that had spastic movement in the arms would not be a proper candidate for a bridle. All of our horses use bitless bridles, which when we go to horse shows uh, is always astonishing to other facilities because our horses comply with what they're asked and they don't need a bit in their mouth. Um, so we train them that way. Why are your horses so different? I wouldn't say they're different from all the therapy horses, but they go through, I mean, not any horse can be a therapy horse. It takes a special horse, um, you know, to be able to withstand, you know, someone that may have a, a seizure on the back of the horse. We do have several horses that are able to sense seizures. So, so what yes, do they do when that happens? They stop dead in their tracks. And that's not necessarily something that we would need to do what we call an emergency dismount for the safety of the rider and for the safety of the horse. The horse is responsible, you know, and, and will stop. We'll allow the rider to complete their seizure and then possibly, you know, move on with class. It's amazing. They are amazing animals. They're claustrophobic by nature, horses. So to have someone leading them in the front and sidewalking on each side right by their go button in the back yeah. takes a lot. And putting them in a ramp to mount a child or an adult, for that matter, that's in a wheelchair, there's a lot of moving parts there. Then you have someone on each side getting the rider onto the horse, and they're in a ramp. So it's incredibly claustrophobic. So it takes a lot of training for a horse to be able to stand still while we're mounting riders or riding for that matter. It's unbelievable. It's mind-boggling, yes. <laughs> uh, when you're trying to get a horse to learn these things, because these are going to be learned traits, mm -hmm. you said that certain personality types within these horses, they either mesh or they don't. Mm -hmm. What personality traits are you looking for in a horse so that you can teach them the victory way? Calmness. Um, a lot of word that's used a lot in the industry is bomb-proof. Um, you know, they are patient. Bomb proof? Bomb proof, yeah. You know, like if you have a parade horse, okay. they're bomb proof because anything can occur around them and they don't negatively react. So we're looking for a horse that horses learn on the approach and retreat method. They move away from pressure. So that's why if you're riding and you want the horse to go, you know, move to the left, you would use your right foot to push them. They're moving away from that pressure. So we train them with the same method, approach and retreat. So not only do they be able to have to withstand the rider, but all of the activities that we do on the rider, playing baseball, playing basketball, stopping right next to the fence line to pick up uh, a little stuffed animal and drop it into a hula hoop that rattles. Um, they're terrified of bubbles. So you're like... But if you could think about a bubble, it blows up into the air and pff, it's gone. You know, that's alarming. They're terrified of water bottles and plastic bags. So those are all things. And, and each horse does have a different temperament. And as you're training them, we have a schooling team that trains them and reports l every single thing back to us. We know that maybe Skipper, one of our horses that's a, a larger horse, 
he just is not able to walk across a tarp. It's just too much for him. We will work. It's, it crinkles when you walk across. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's an alarming sound. They're fight or flight animals. They are the prey and humans are the predators. So they're, they need, they always need an escape from that pressure. Usually it's backwards. So it's, it just takes, it takes a lot to train them. How long does it take to train a horse to be ready for clients? It's aptitude. It just depends on the, it just depends on the horse. You know, some. I mean, this sounds like a years long process to me. Um, you know, we do have a, a horse that we won in a Facebook competition that is a beautiful gypsy vanner. And because she was seven and had never been ridden, um, and then we trailered her. She'd never been trailered. That's alarming for a horse. And then we drove her from Tennessee to Texas. Wow. So when she arrived, she was terrified. She yeah. had no trust, just like maybe a veteran would have. A veteran, you know, my husband, being one of them terrified of horses, he would maybe react the same way that this horse would react, non-trusting. So she's in a much smaller paddock now because she likes to run when you go and get her to the point of it taking two hours to catch her. Oh, wow. So the paddock gets smaller and smaller, and now she's more trained. She's an amazing therapy horse now. Is it common to team up people that are receiving therapy and horses that are on their path together kind of early? Not while they're training. Okay. I didn't know if this is maybe one of those things where we'll grow together, but it's they need to be ready for it, and then once, they, right. once the horses have graduated, then they can go. They need to be ready for anything. Job. Sure. And it sounds like they are. They are. They are. We do. You know, we take a lot of horses via donation. On occasion, we'll purchase a horse. Um, but once they're there, they're on a 30-day trial. So we watch them for 30 days. And then we go into training. It's just like people. Some people have a shorter learning curve. Some of our horses are able to work within weeks. Some of them, like the one that came from Tennessee, it took six months. Do you uh, do you want to buy horses that were previously therapy horses, or do you want a fresh slate? It's, it doesn't matter because we train them. So either way, really, they need to be receptive to maybe, training. You know, like you said, you guys have the victory way. So I didn't know right. if maybe if a horse had done something for a while at an equine therapy center somewhere else and came to you guys, if it was maybe hard to, to teach it new habits. They are. Um, they have the learning span. Maybe this is not the right analogy, but like a like a dog, you train them, you train them, you train them. And we're constantly training them. Anytime you have a hand on your horse, you're training them, whether it's negative or positive, including bringing them from the pasture into the arena. So we're constantly training them. Um, it's so it it just it just depends on it depends on the horse. So That's they come from all different. Some of them are yard ornaments that come to us, you know, and then we train them, and they're phenomenal therapy horses. Or, you know, some of them can come and they, we just can't find a, you know, a place for them to mesh in the herd. And so they go to a forever home. Okay. So they're rehomed very carefully. Um, we're, you know, very cautious with where they go if they, you know, when and if they do leave the facility. It's fascinating. We are running up against it, unfortunately. All right, real quick. Yes. If people want to volunteer, just some of the things that people could be doing for you guys yes. and then also the best way for them to get involved. Okay. So question people ask me all the time, what do volunteers do? So volunteers go to and from the pasture to get the horses. They groom the horses. They tack the horses, putting on all their equipment. And then they sidewalk. Um, they sweep barns. We also have administrative tasks in the office that they can do if they find that they're not comfortable around horses or they're not comfortable around the riders. So there's all different, you know, things for volunteers to do. We do have an ad on volley.org. Uh, it gives us 
quite a few new volunteers. We also have an ad on Volunteer Match. Those all have hyperlinks with our application and information for our next orientation. We hold our orientations on the third Saturday of every month, with the exception of April and August and December. Um, Heat. It's Christmas. April's Volunteer Appreciation Month. It's a little busy. So the third Saturday of every month, I personally train um, the groups that come out. We usually have a group between 12 and 35. Mm. Um, so it's a very much a show and tell situation. And then when you come in for your first day, then you will be hands-on trained. I found that hands-on training works best for me. Most people learn rapidly that way and everybody's willing to help them and they never have to do anything uncomfortable. And you also don't need horse experience at all. All right. Before we go, we do want to mention that you guys have an event coming up in September, looking ahead on the calendar. It's called Road to Victory. It is y'all's premier fundraising event and it's going to happen saturday september 15th at the ranch from 6 to 10 p.m you can find details about that on their website victorytherapy.org uh we could talk for another hour and a half probably and that probably wouldn't be enough give me some horse names what are some of the horses that are living we have zip is my horse boyfriend okay and skipper and bella and peaches and badger and lexi and chevy and hunter and starbuck is our newest one and fergie is the cutest little tiny pony in the whole world she's like 10 or 12 hands richie's our oldest he's 29 um, you know, there's Harley is an amazing, he's one of the horses that can sense seizures, Rebel, Chachi, Chanel, Big Bugs of Clydesdale, uh, Bailey. And I mean, I literally know all their names and know them well enough that if I see them moving, I can, oh my goodness, can't forget Godiva. I can't forget Godiva. And She's, you said Zip is your... Zip's my horse boyfriend. So right. he's the one that I ride. He's also the one that my husband learned on. That's amazing. Well, it's been wonderful speaking with you. I'd love to have you back to just learn more about the organization and what you guys are doing. I have been speaking with Christine Terry. She's the volunteer director of Victory Therapy Center. Once again, their website, victorytherapy.org, or give them a call at 682-831-1323. And I would like to share my email address as well. I answer all my emails. I am Christine, C-H-R-S-T-I-N-E, like the evil car at victorytherapy.org. That's not the example I thought you were going to use, but I like it. It was awesome speaking with you. Likewise. Thank you again. Yeah, of course. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.